0: Welcome to United Against Silence. I'm Sima Reza, the CEO of Community Building Artworks, a nonprofit organization that connects veterans, healthcare workers, and civilians through workshops led by the artists of our time. Each week, we interview an artist to find out about their process and how they've overcome silence in their lives. Christina Olivares is the author of the books of poetry, No Map of the Earth Includes Stars, winner of the 2014 Marsh Hawk Press Book Prize and ungovernable, forthcoming from Yes Yes Books in 2021. Oliveras is a queer American Cuban from the Bronx. She believes in the abolition of poverty and of the carceral state and in the radical project of imagining our liberation. She works as an educator. I um, am so glad you're here, Christina. Thank
1: I'm you. I'm so glad to be here, thank you. Um,
0: and I love that in your bio you state what you believe in. Um, It's a, it's just like, it's a lovely, it's a lovely way to claim that in every, anywhere anyone asks for your bio, it's so, it's so brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, So we met at AWP, I think. We did, we sure did. Through the all connecting Mahogany Al Brown, the the magic all connecting, poet genius. And I've been so fortunate to like, exist in the sort of same world as you in these ways and read your work and um, get to read with you sometimes. Mm -hmm. And be in this collective that we've been sort of the, the right on time collective, which has been Mm -hmm. like, this lovely thread of extraordinary, extraordinary thread. It's just beautiful brilliant stars um but i am super excited about your new book and wanted to ask you some questions about it starting with um how like fucking awesome the title is <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like i think we're always yeah, I I don't know. I was raised in, in a family where we were like, you know, we're immigrants and we're here in America and we're supposed to be like, just try to get in line here, would you? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, and so that's like this huge thing to say no. Um mm. talk
1: about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um and I didn't prepare her at all for anything, <laughs> But <by> everyone. <laughs> so everybody who's listening or watching. Um, the title uh, took took a lot of back and forth, and it was the one title that felt felt right after moving through many iterations of that book. And it felt right for the book because the book is really about the ways in which in this, in, in my specific movement through this country, um, and I was born here, I have an immigrant parent and I was born here. Um, the ways in which we are taught that survival is predicated on our governability. Mm -hmm. Um, and yet somehow we don't survive anyway. And so it felt like a word to describe the various movements that I take on in that book. So I talk a little bit, I, I, the poems are about a lot of different things about being little in the Bronx and community gardening and about, um, about the passage of a friend of mine, uh, who I knew who who was rooted in Harlem, and so there's sort of a different New York City geography. Um, and then traveling in uh, Nepal with another close friend a few years ago, and sort of mourning the loss of my friend there and and um, and yet I carry my Americanness with me everywhere and um, that word has felt like a nice. Like an antidote in a way, it feels like an antidote maybe to to the ways I have taught myself how to conduct myself here Um, and in relation to others, you know, female and queer and brown and all you know all the things. All the things, yeah.
0: You know, so we call the collective of brilliant facilitators that come through here the United Against Silence Collective, Mm -hmm. um, of which you are now a part. and I think about, right, governability also requires that like, we stay silent about the ways that we're suffering, right? Like systems of oppression require silence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that a lot of us are sort of like, really tr- trained into, into not speaking out these things and it's, it's sort of this breaking through of the skin that comes with your like your first decision to do that, and the fear that comes with like you know your, your first piece that's published that somebody might read on the internet or, or you know like that thing. Um, what what how, what's your experience with silence and overcoming silence or mm.
1: anything you have to say about what that? What a beautiful name for a collective.
0: Um,
1: I you know I. I I don't know how to answer this quickly. Okay. I think what I'm doing right now, why I'm hesitating is that when I'm, I'm tracing through my coming into being as a poet and how silences were different, were different for me before I started speaking. And now that I've been talking for a while, um, I have to remain, and I do find myself trying to remain vigilant about Moving my language into areas that uh, I that are silent or silenced. Mm-hmm. Um, to refer to Oprah a second, mm-hmm. um, but are silent or silenced inside of me. Um, at first, I think, at first, my poems—the silence that my poems are really pushing through—were silences that surrounded my queerness and my queer identity, because um, I didn't I didn't really have places to look growing up for what I could be, or it was okay to be what I am. Um, And they also took the shape of pushing through silences around family abuse. Um, And now more and more, I think the silences that I'm working through are silences around, I guess closeness between myself and others that feels like a place where I'm, I'm learning I think still how to be a human being in relation to other human beings and in a way that is um, loving and whole and um, I, do, I do find myself reaching more and more towards an audience. Like in, in earlier work it didn't matter if I was legible to other people. Um, because it was enough that I was speaking, it was terrifying enough to speak. I couldn't imagine the reader in a right. way. And now I want to communicate more and more. I find myself wanting to communicate with other people. Um, and so pushing through silences that could be, um, could be there just because we don't see each other or have language for each other yet. I feel like a little bit, That's that's sort of what I'm working with now. Yeah. Um,
0: as you were talking about this, about like learning how to, how to be a, a person among people, um, which is like, right, like it's not, I mean, learning how to love in a way that is not self-destructive yeah. is like, it, it's, I just feel like there should be that class instead of algebra two. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, <laughs> or maybe <laughs> in addition I'm also a college counselor you're pro algebra too okay yeah.
0: right, we'll, work th- we'll workshop this okay. um, <laughs> but thinking about that um right. and and as you were speaking I was just thinking about how I've learned new uses for silence for non non-violent silence mm-hmm. as a as a writer, as a person living through a global pandemic, Mm. right? Like there's just, there's been so much more space um, which I'm really tempted to like fill with Instagram for example, (laughs) or, you know, or like the noise of Twitter or gosh, there's all these podcasts or, you know like there's all of this, these ways, but I feel like I, I need this nonviolent silence in order to be able to listen. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure, like what, what are, what are the, the ways that you come to the page that you give yourself that, like do you have any rituals
1: mm-hmm. that
0: like allow you to listen? Can you talk to me
1: about nonviolent silence?
0: I guess what I mean by that, and I just threw it here. Um, I like it. Is that we have these silences that are are enforced and are like you were talking uh-huh. about, right? Those, uh-huh. those silences. And then there are these silences which are like a choice to just be quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when my kids were Little, it doesn't happen anymore. I guess I don't know why, but I used to every year lose my voice for like four days around the winter time.
1: Oh,
0: and, and well, I guess it, it did. The last time it happened was actually um, right before the twenty sixteen election. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I just like cannot speak, and mm. what came. What comes from that, after I get over the frustration and the voice, like I'm pushing through and it's gone, is this sort of like, oh, I don't have to speak. Mm. Like I can just like do. Mm. Um, and like this sort of noise exchange of social media can sometimes feel like really like, like fluttery and flapping um, and as a writer, like sort of interfering. -hmm. So I guess by nonviolent silence I mean that sort of like peaceful. Mm -hmm. Choose it. It's just like, or not. I do choose it. I don't.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that. um, Well, I've been. I live alone, and I was pretty sick through some of this pandemic, this pandemonium, Um, and that. Uh, it gave me a lot of space and I'm working from home. So it gave me, I typically work in a high school and I'm typically there so much of my day and I'm surrounded by children and also by adults. And there's a constant, it's constant. And then I have a life outside of work and that's um, poetry is a very engaged community. And um, I don't know. And, and so it's been a year of space but not necessarily of silence. And I, I um, the practice that I had to adopt, the practice that I flirted with, that I had been taught in therapy and had flirted with, prior to the pandemic was one of, like, feeling my feelings, Mm -hmm. but I only flirted with it. I only did it when it was convenient, (laughs) and I had to, or it was overwhelming, or I felt like, let me give this a try, but I found the necessity of that really um, made itself clear during the pandemic, um, because I felt so much fear, and the fear wouldn't move. It would stay. It would get larger. um, it it was immobile. It felt and so not feeling it amplified it. And so the my I think my practice of quiet is is a practice of feeling what I'm feeling um, in a given moment, and whether or not I communicate it. It's whatever, but feeling it so that it um so that it doesn't they don't rule me more than they have to or you know, um, and that clears the way for work good work creative work to happen too it's a produ- it's productive in that way um I've been overwhelmed by social media this year I stopped I just stopped doing Instagram like a few months ago and I didn't make do it on purpose there was no public service announcement I just seemed to stop doing it and then I posted a picture of my grandmother's dog like recently and then I was like oh this is the first time in months that I posted and I'm posting a dog and then that was it you know I, I it's a there's a lot going on there.
0: Yeah. There is a lot, a lot going on there. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and it messes with your feelings in a weird, weird way, but then in some ways, right? Like half the time I live alone. Um, Mm -hmm. and it can be like my only sort of happening upon somebody that I'm not like calling for a reason. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, sure. And and that happening upon is like I don't know, it's like a, a big part of being a human in the world mm. and and um but I definitely like was finding myself on social media before I was even awake. Mm. And, you know, and I'm like mm like oh boy I don't like even hear my first thought before I like let Twitter
1: flood you know yes yes um yes I understand that yeah Twitter's more terrifying to me than Instagram I think <laughs> I'm, I'm an Instagram girl if I'm gonna go there that's where I go I, yeah <laughs> I the, love the life I live it's
0: very kind Twitter is really like it moves very fast so fast. And I'm such a slow thinker. Like, it takes me like three days to figure out
1: what I think about a thing. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> reasonable. <laughs> but no. Same. I think that's, I, I would have never articulated it, I think. But it's probably exactly what it is. It's the speed of Twitter it makes me like, oh my God. Yeah.
0: And also, I feel like the people on Twitter don't get my jokes. Oh no. As, as, as well as they should. <laughs>
1: Oh no! Nothing sadder. <laughs> Nothing sadder than
0: saying a joke and like nobody. Reacts. Or like only like my niece. One like. <laughs> <laughs> one like yeah, one like family member. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, bless the niece. No, but tw- yeah, bless her. Bless, bless her. the nieces. Um, <laughs> yeah, but tw- Twitter is Twitter breaks my heart. Um, hmm. <laughs> but what? Um, I would just love to hear about your rituals. Any rituals. Oh, any see. rituals. Like your, um, you know, you came through, you, ha- you had COVID very early on, right? I
1: sure did. I had it so early, there were no tests for me. Right, before anybody, um, like, didn't we,
0: so we watched- I think your- a
1: lot of people had it before me. I just think it was even more early before they were, you know, anybody was like, here's an illness, you know? Right, right. We
0: watched your film. So we do a workshop with healthcare workers. um, Mm -hmm. And
1: oh, the film
0: your film, Diagnosis, on this week on Tuesday.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Wrote about
0: like, what did we know then? Because there has been such. I remember we were like wiping down envelopes and.
1: Yeah, nobody knew but not wearing masks <laughs> but not wearing masks. And like, yeah, I don't, I mean, yeah.
0: So then you come through and like, it's, it becomes like, Oh, this is the thing that's happening. Right. Um, what have been your, I felt, I felt when it was sort of coming up, I felt suddenly so grateful for my body. So aware mm-hmm. of my mortality, right. This year, yeah. the summer, right. New experience. Right. right. Um, yes. Do you have any rituals that you like? I just like to ask witchy questions, but. Do you have <laughs> yeah, I like a witchy question. Yeah, tell me about like the the rituals that you like.
1: Okay, yeah, I have them. I'm like, do I have rituals? And then I think about how I've lived my life in this very ritualistic fashion all year to like stave death away. And it's like, yes, I absolutely do. Um, I have a lot of plants in my house and I talk to them. That's a thing great one. Um, I lay next to them and I just talk to them. Um, I also learned a few months ago that it's good to wipe their leaves and I have this massive I thought about doing this workshop out there but it gets my neighbors are noisy downstairs so I'm not doing that Um, but she's really big and I like wipe her leaves down and it feels like um, a thing that I can do for her that she can't do for herself which is a tender thing. Um, I like for my house to be really clean when I sit down to write I love writing very, very early in the morning. Um, the daylight, whatever shift we just did mm-hmm. is nice because we get light later, but it's also nice because I can wake up in the dark again without having to get up too early, which is like a secret part of my favorite part of the day. The dark, um, before the yeah, dark moving into the light. Yeah, I, I like I like being up before and with the sun. Um, I feel like there's a magic at that time and there's also a silence. My neighborhood is a little noisy and there's a silence like truly, truly. Um, even the babies are asleep. Um, I think those are those are I think those are the biggest I mean, I also there are the birds. Um, I live in an apartment that, from this one there's a window here and I can watch the sunrise and then all of my other windows are south facing so I watch it go because I live like across from a parking lot and a McDonald's and so it's like all low and so I watch the light all. because I've been working from home so I watch the light all day but I have there's a a group of um, morning doves that come when it's cold and sunny and windy Mm -hmm. and they all come to the fire escape and they just sit there and sometimes they come and they put their little butts up against the window and I just have felt Um, I think between the plants and the bird, and there's other birds that come, there's starlings and other birds I've learned the name of thanks to my friend, Toby, who I'll send him pictures and he tells me what they are. Um, I have felt like an animal among animals and plants this year in a way that has been really nice as I've um, tried to listen, not just to my feelings, but also to what my body is doing and not doing and trying to be mindful and take care of it. I have felt as ephemeral, but also as necessary as the things around me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has felt really nice, even though I can't talk to the birds and I can't talk to my plants. I I do talk to the birds and the plants, but they can't communicate back to me in a way that I understand. Um, I have felt part of in a way that I haven't experienced that since I was younger or like at a summer camp or something. Yeah, that's what I'll say about my rituals.
0: That's so beautiful. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> I love it. And yeah, like as we come to a whole year of this, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've really seen every season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the the sort of learning the names of things mm-hmm. is such a, it's, it's like something you can hold, right? Like, oh, there's mm-hmm. a sterling, there's a cardinal, um, and well, everyone has a cardinal, but you, I don't know,
1: I don't, <laughs> I don't know.
0: know. <laughs> but yeah, I just like have found myself, and this is like again back to that idea that mm-hmm. the nonviolent silence, the spacious silence of like, and not having to commute, not having to, like rush out the door mm-hmm. to be able to just be like, oh, here. Yeah. And what you said about being an animal among animals, among plants and animals is really beautiful. Thank you so much for listening to United Against Silence. I'm Sima Reza, and I hope we see you at a workshop soon. You can see our full schedule at www.cbaw.org. We're looking forward to being in community with you.